Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ken Winberly about overcoming failures obstacles. Ken Wimberly, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm so excited to talk with you about overcoming failures and obstacles. And if there's one constant in life, one thing that we can count on, it's that we're all going to experience failures and obstacles, right? And so uh, from an individual standpoint, I think this will be a useful conversation. But as leaders, we also lead in complexity. We lead complex organizations with complex teams, with complex human interactions, trying to bring value in products and services to the market. All of that's hard. Uh, all of that is wrought with failure. All that's wrought with, with all sorts of challenges and obstacles. And so the question isn't whether or not we'll ever have those. It's what are we going to do to respond to them when they happen? Uh, and so that's what we're really going to be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Ken's bio with everybody. Ken Wimberly is the founder and visionary behind Legacy of Love, Inc. and the Legacy Journal app. He is married to his soulmate, Amber, and has three children, Grace, Knox, and Kai. Ken is a bit of a serial entrepreneur. He's the founder of KWNet Lease Advisors, a commercial real estate brokerage and investment firm headquartered in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, and you're joining us from Texas today. I'm south of Salt Lake City. Again, pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience before we dive on in further? As, as you kind of stated, I've been an entrepreneur for... 20 plus years and uh, commercial real estate was the foundation of that and led into success in that venture. And now on to, you know, the, the legacy journal app that we built, which is, you know, we talk about failure. We'll talk about some of that. And then uh, we also, at the same time we launched legacy journal, we launched uh, a laundromat company uh, called laundry love LUV and laundry loves. Now we're about to open our third location and just closed on real estate this week for our fourth. So we've got, um, yeah, some, some seedlings of success going in that company as well. Yeah, that's really cool. And you know, the, the world of a serial entrepreneur, the life of a serial entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. Uh, entrepreneurship is hard work. If you talk about failures and obstacles, I think every entrepreneur is going to have a whole lot of stories to tell, uh, and lessons learned. And I'm sure that's the case for you as well. I'm curious, um, why you chose the entrepreneurial route as opposed to say a, a more traditional quote-unquote traditional corporate route 
Yeah. And straight out of college, I I went into a traditional corporate world. I, I worked for a, a insurance and investment firm and did that for a number of years. And I was just kind of, I think it's a little bit wired in my DNA. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it, it's kind of that way where we have a, a tough time working for someone else necessarily, at least I do. I've got a tough time working for someone else. I'm, I'm not a great employee. I'm a great partner in things, but I need to have autonomy and decision-making authority in my world. And it was that way. I, I served a, a tour in the Navy and I felt that way in the Navy. I was um, under someone else's thumb and I felt like no matter, <laughs> no matter how great I was or could be, there's no way I could leapfrog someone that was in front of me without you know, decades of service. So um, that, so for me, I think it's a little bit of a, a hardwired case with me. I, I need autonomy and control. I feel the same way. Now, on the one hand, I do lots of entrepreneurial things, um, but I also, so I have like that risk element that I, and I'm totally willing to do that. And I like to try things and iterate and experiment and some things work, some things don't, whatever. I'm not afraid of, you know, uh, of rejection, of failure, of disappointment, right? It's just part of the game. But on the other side, I'm a professor, which is probably about the most stable and secure kind of job you can have. And so perhaps the two for me have gone well together because I always have the stability of my professor role, right? And yeah. it's like my home, my home base. And then I can do all the entrepreneurial things I want on the edges, right? And and spin those things up. And if they don't work, no, no harm, no foul, right? Because I still have my day job. So um you know, that's kind of how I approach it. But I've noticed that with several, some of my best professors when I was in college were the same way. They had that stability there, but they they had side gigs going on there. I was kind of uh, working on some side gigs. So. so you were alluding in our pre-interview, we were just chatting a little bit and you mentioned, you know, how you're excited to share a little bit about some of the recent things that you've been trying to deal with that really fit well with this topic. So maybe we'll start there if you want to share uh, you know, a recent example, anything you're, you're willing to share, don't, don't feel like you're pressured to, to share anything else that, that would be uncomfortable or whatever, but anything you're willing to share, um, the challenges you're facing and what you're doing to respond to them. Yeah. One of the things in my life is I'm pretty much an open book with things. And so I'm willing to share pretty much everything right there. And, and today, the challenge we're facing. So you know, in my bio, it's the, the founder and CEO of, of Legacy Journal or Legacy of Love, Inc. And uh, we just announced this week that we're, we're going to be shuttering that company. And it's, uh, it's hard. I, I'm really still licking my, wean, my wounds. I'm, I'm quite frankly going through like mild depression over it in, in dealing with the loss. It's, it, you know, I birthed the company. I, I built birth. It came out of my uh, efforts of what I was doing as a father for many, many years and in uh, the help I was helping with other parents. And so we built this company and I poured four years of my life into the company, uh, a whole lot of my own capital and a fair amount of investor capital as well into growing this company. And we've, uh, We've had to make the decision to shut it down. We could never find a scalable, profitable marketing channel to really scale the company. And it's a tough thing. So I'm going through one of these failure iterations right now. And, and so it's, it's, it's a very fresh wound that we're dealing with, um, but necessary, right? It, it's necessary. One of those things, eventually you've got to make the decision um, 
that this is not going to work. And, and, and so we've, our, our customers have been extremely gracious and really wonderful. My investors were all extremely gracious and understanding. So for that, I'll, I'll be forever grateful. Um, and, and so now I, I pivot as we wind this down through the balance of this year and, you know, pivot focused all of my energies into, um, you know, what I've, what I've, my, my strong suit is in commercial real estate and also into our laundromat company that, that is quite, doing quite well and expanding now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And like you said, I mean, it's nothing to be like embarrassed about or ashamed about because the reality is most entrepreneurial endeavors don't take, right? It's just an exceptionally hard thing to create a business that will survive in the long term because of the volatility of the market and all the different challenges. And of course, the last couple of years with the pandemic has only increased those challenges for many. Um, but despite, you know, we can tell ourselves that intellectually, like, oh, this is just part of the process, but it's, it's very personal. You know, you, you, you pour your soul into these types of endeavors, uh, whether it's a new business, or even if it's just an initiative that you're championing in your business and yeah. your company, right? If you're, if you're leading out on some new initiative, some new program, some new product offering, some new business, and it doesn't work, it, you, you take an ego hit. You take, you know, it, it, you pour, you've poured your heart and soul into this thing that that no longer is working, and so there's there's grief there. All of that's really challenging, and your response, as you described it, is a, is a very typical normal response. And everyone's going to grieve. Everyone's going to, you know, be sad or even uh, have depressive episodes around that, that kind of a loss, and that's completely to be expected. So we can recognize that that's likely to happen and then be prepared for it and then you know have a plan on how we can can move on and it sounds like that's exactly what you have in place it doesn't take away the hurt in the meantime of the challenges that we're facing um but it 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 is you know a good healthy reminder to, to recognize that there will be new opportunities And one thing I've, I've found, you know, I, I've experienced tons of failure. Now I've had lots of successes too. And I would say on balance, I would say, you know, I've had lots of success in my career. But if I really drill down, I'm like, yeah, I have this rejection and that rejection. I, I would say for every good thing that's happened in my career, I probably have at least a dozen things that didn't work or rejections that happened or opportunities that I didn't get that I thought I should or, you know, whatever, right? So that's that's just part of the game. And Ultimately, our long-term success, I think, is going to be more driven through our work ethic, our resilience, our grit, our willingness to continue to to push even when things get hard, um, because they will get hard. And it, you know, it's the rare example where someone launches the company, it be, it just takes off immediately, becomes a unicorn, and now they're a billionaire. Like that, yeah. that happens, but it's so incredibly rare um, that even the most brilliant people with the most amazing products still don't usually have that happen. Right. And, and so we just have to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. And, and, you know, pouring into it and the, and the grief that comes along with it. And it's as an entrepreneur, we, we, we create things and, and we think things up and we cast a vision and we bring people into that vision and we bring people on the ride with us. And so when it, when it, it, when it happens, and there, look, there's failure all along the way in any successful company. Um, like one of my mentors used to always tell me, he said, look, success is messy. People see the outside of it 
and it looks all beautiful and clean and shiny, but success is incredibly messy. And uh, you have to realize that. And part of that messy is the failures along the way and the little failures that allow you to, to grow and pivot and learn, make the changes to eventually attain that success. But when it becomes like this is right now, as, as this entire business ended up shutting down, um, it's really tough employees, advisors, investors, everyone that you, you brought into the, not to mention customers in into the ride um, when it's a letdown for everything. So it is, it, there's a lot of weight on the shoulders of the founder when that happens. Um, and it's, it, it is, it's a known uh, potential outcome when you go in. It, it's a known um, heavy percentage potential outcome and Every founder thinks they're going to beat the odds. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't start it. Otherwise, you wouldn't start it. It's part of the deal. Every one of us thinks, hey, we're going to beat the odds on this deal uh, because of, of either my my expertise, my idea, my my execution, any my team, whatever you got on there, you're feeling like you're going to go beat the odds. And sometimes, in fact, the odds themselves will tell you more often than not, you're not going to do to beat the average. Yeah, yeah. And again, whether we're talking about entrepreneurship you know, in the traditional sense of you're actually starting your own business, um, or we're talking about an entrepreneurial mindset. And I, and I'm a strong believer that anyone and everyone can, and in my opinion, should develop and foster an entrepreneurial mindset. So even if you're in a corporate setting, you're in a, you know, middle management kind of a position or somewhere, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or whatever, you still have your sphere of influence. You still have your opportunity um, to shape your team. You still have your, the opportunity to develop the culture that you want. You still have the opportunity to push initiatives and uh, different programs or products or whatever. All of that's very entrepreneurial. Uh, if we can have an entrepreneurial mindset and that means that we lean into the risk that we don't, you know, we, we take appropriate risk. We don't, entrepreneurs don't go out and start something that has almost no chance of succeeding usually. Right. Um, so people take appropriate risks, but it's all about the iteration. It's all about trying things, learning from it, iterating rapidly so that you can make adjustments and hopefully move, you know, from something that was, you know, a minimal viable product or program or whatever to, yep. to actually improving and, and bringing more value to whoever the stakeholder is, that's going to benefit from it. Right. Uh, and so that kind of a mindset I think is so important and that's the tension. That's the mindset that's at tension with failure and obstacles because many people as human beings, we tend to resist change. We tend to resist. Um, we, we want at least we want to live in a bubble of like where the facade of certainty and um, the facade of, uh, that that we can predict what's going to happen, that that exists. I don't think we can actually predict those things or that there actually is much certainty in the world at all. But so many human beings really want to be in that kind of a, a situation. And if that's, if that's our mindset, we're going to miss so many opportunities to grow our team, so many opportunities to, to innovate, so many opportunities to, to really engage in the passions of our people and to leverage that, you know, for the success of the team and the organization. Again, whether you're an entrepreneurial in the traditional sense, starting your own business, or you're, you're, uh, you're leveraging your position, power, and influence within an, an existing organization, either way, that mindset, I think is going to be really essential And how we respond to failure and obstacles is part of the part of the game. And I would say one of the biggest indicators of whether or not someone has the chops to be a leader and whether they can be successful in the long run in a more sustainable fashion. It was interesting. I was listening to a podcast this morning and um, talking about the, 
the, the kind of second coming of the WeWork founder. He's launched, uh, he's raised $350 million from Andreessen Horowitz uh, for his next venture. And they were talking about the stats of, uh, of, of second time founders, right? And they have a, a, actually a much, much higher chance of success as a second time founder. It's going through the failure and learning through those processes. And so again, I'd, I'd share with your audience, because I'm, I'm dealing with this right now, thinking in going through a, a major failure, a major setback, whether it's in a business relationship like this is, or a, a family relationship, personal relationship, anything like that, because there's failures that happen right there. But some things that I'm taking action on to do to to get myself through it, one is, is, is talking about it. And you know, today's a, a way to do that. I'm on this podcast talking about it very publicly to to other people and sharing it with you. Uh, but I think it's really, really important to to visit and share and dialogue about the experience and what happened. A, a second is a, an after action report, right? Detailing out what happened, uh, what went wrong, what you thought was going to happen, what actually happened, what could have been different, and, and really mapping out an AAR there. I think it's an important thing. Um, a third is, for me, um, really important to have a, a morning routine. And I've gone through a morning routine and it helps to focus me on what's important. And part of my morning routine is I will map out my priorities for every single day. What I've got going on, I wake up early. I go through a a series of steps in my morning routine. And and part of that is mapping out um, exactly what my my priorities for the day. And I have a whole list of things that I could be doing, but I've got to map out those things. That's helped me to really focus on both the winding down of this and the next steps for the next ventures right there. Having that in the last that cannot be overemphasized enough is exercise daily. Um, and I know it sounds kind of odd from another people like what exercise daily, but I mean, getting out and getting endorphins going, getting exercise daily has really um, helped me in a lot of situations, not just this one in, in my life that have been failures or challenges to clear my head and to um, see the clear path forward is when I'm out there kind of doing that. Because there's nothing I have to think about except for uh, one foot from the other or whatever I'm working on right there from, from my exercise right there. So just a handful of yeah. steps that I'm currently going through that I've, I've, I've you know, manifested to go through in the past during uh, challenges and, and failures. Yeah, thank you for that. And I, I completely agree about the exercise. Now, sometimes I'm better at, you know, I have a, like a little home gym down in my basement and, you know, actually going down and like doing all of that is I'm not quite as disciplined at, you know, doing it consistently all the time, but I am really good and very disciplined, uh, very consistent um, with walking my dog. So uh, at least two to three miles a day of walking my dog. So I say that's not great. Like that's not cardio, but at least that's good movement and exercise movement. Yeah. Your dog appreciates it. And my dog, my dogs appreciate it. And it, it just for the mental wellness component of it, like physically, yes, it's good for me to get out and move around. Um, but just mentally, it's really, really important. (laughs) I found for me to do that, to have like a mental reset. It's, it's really calming. Uh, it's almost meditative and, uh, it, it, it honestly is where usually I have most of my, best ideas, my most, most creativity, all of that happens. Not when I'm like trying to like sit there concentrating, what can I do? That's really creative and innovative. It's when I'm 
resetting my mind and being free and, you know, out in nature, walking my dogs, um, that ideas will just pop into my head. Right. And I'm like, there's this challenge that I've been facing for a long time. I haven't been able to figure out a way to resolve it. And then all of a sudden I have that inspiration that just pops into my head. I'm like, Oh, duh. Like, why haven't I thought of this before? And it's because you can't grind your way to innovation. You just can't. Uh, and, and so, you know, giving yourself the time and the opportunity to, to kind of quiet the mind, I think is a really important step in how you can, you know, learn how to resolve the, the challenges that you're facing or just re, re, um, reframe the challenges you're facing to view it from a different angle, right? Sure. All of that. And you just shared a bunch of really great ideas around that of, of how we can deal with the types of obstacles we face. Now, again, whether you're... A, a traditional entrepreneur starting your own business or you're working as a leader within an organization. And when I say leader within an organization, I mean, really at any level, if you're supervising people, even a couple people on your team, um, you're a leader. Uh, if you, even if you don't have a formal position, but you have the ability to influence decision-making, you're a leader. And so let's, let's be thinking about how we can foster more of an entrepreneurial mindset in our leadership approach with our people. And I think the the future of work demands it. It's like one of those core capabilities of the future leader that's going to be essential in an ever-increasingly, you know, interconnected and complex world uh, that's so rapidly changing. The, the rate, the pace and the rate of change technologically, the the changes that are happening, you know, in terms of social change, economic change, political change the whole landscape and the whole nature of how work <clears throat> functions and how organizations are functioning and how jobs are designed, all of that is shifting all around us. And unless we're able to learn how to navigate that uncertainty, that messiness and the inevitable failures and obstacles that we face amidst that, then we're not going to be fit to to lead the modern or future organization. Um, but I do believe that everyone can develop that mindset. Everyone can uh, become that kind of a leader but we have, it means we have to get uncomfortable. We have to be willing to put ourselves out there and we have to be willing to fail. <laughs> and, and a lot of people haven't gotten to that point where they're secure enough in themselves to, to really put themselves out in that way. I make an effort to teach my children that every day is that, you know, go forth and fail today because it's through the failures that we learn, through the failures that we grow, through the failures that we get pushed to become the better version of ourselves. So, and, and I'll, you mentioned that on your your comment on the various uh, scenarios you put out for potential leaders. If if you've got a family, you're a leader. That's that's probably your most important leadership mission right there with your family. And uh, it's important that we all show up uh, and, and lead well within our families and learn well through the mistakes that we will all encounter. And some of those mistakes have nothing to do with you as a leader in that family, but they happen. Right, they happen, and, and we've got to learn through those. So, uh, my my, you know, other I guess to expand on my comment about you know talking through your failures or talking through your challenges or talking through your issues is um, certainly in in a in a role as 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 a father or a parent in things is to have a network of people that you can talk to through scenarios because um, sharing your your experiences and getting the feedback from others who have maybe had similar experiences from a different angle right there can really, really help uh, in, in your course correction in where you're going as a, as a parent. So no, it's not a parenting, yeah, I, parenting show here, but parenting is, is absolutely. leadership 101. Yeah. And you, you, you said um, you have three children. 
I have six children, same, you know, I, I get it. Like, yeah, it's, if, if you talk about a microcosm of the world and like society or like the workplace, your home, you know, and the, the, the relationships there, the, the dynamics there, um, you know, it, it, it really is a proving ground, uh, you know, for, for leadership. And I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. And again, uh, we all, ha- I think we all have those opportunities around us, whether we see ourselves as a leader, whether we think of ourselves that way or not. I think we all are leaders, can be leaders, can be effective leaders. And we all have different spheres of influence, different spheres of of uh, opportunity to impact those around us. That means we have opportunities for leadership uh, and we, we can and should lean, lean into that, learn how to develop the skills, the competencies, the capabilities to help us be successful and among the many competencies and capabilities that I think good leaders have, uh, you know, be, being able to navigate uncertainty and messiness and deal with the challenges, that's that's a key one. And that certainly applies in the home uh, for yeah. sure. I'll, I'll throw another out there. It's, it's coming with curiosity, really. Yeah. It's being yeah. curious, not, not, not thinking you have the answers and not thinking you know who you're talking to necessarily, whether it's on your team, your, your, your people, your, the people that are, are surrounding you is really uh, being curious. Uh, the more curious I get, the the more awesome my life becomes. As I'm, yeah, I'm learning really more and more about people. And I was not always, certainly as I was younger, I feel like I was, um, felt like I had a whole lot more of the answers than, than I feel like I have today, right there. <laughs> today, I know I have so few answers and I feel like right. that's where my 18 year old son <laughs> is right now. Like he feels like he's got all the answers. <laughs> Uh, but I, I suspect that's how I was back then too. And, and today I know I have none of the answers. So I'm always coming with curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it's developmental, but I know plenty of people that are mature and have lots of life experience who think they have all the answers. <laughs> yep. So that, that intellectual humility isn't a natural byproduct of, of aging and experiencing the world, though it can be if we approach it that way. That's so right. I completely agree though. Like we have to stay curious. We have to challenge our assumptions. We have to ask ourselves the why uh, behind what we're doing and why we're doing it that way and all those sorts of things. And if we do that, if we're willing to accept that maybe the way we've done it before doesn't work. It wasn't the best way, perhaps even harmful. And we're, we're able to make adjustments. That's, that's what learning is. Right. And, sure. and it, re- it requires intellectual humility. Well, Ken, this has just been a great conversation. I really appreciate the time and all the insights you've shared with me and my audience before we wrap up for today. I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah. Look, uh, as I said, we're, we're growing a new venture right now. Uh, come check us out at laundrylove.com. That's laundryluv.com. Come check us out there. Learn more about what we're doing, what we're growing, how we're impacting the community, how we're promoting children's literacy. Love to just get that you know, positive message out to the world. So come check us out there and find me on LinkedIn, uh, Ken Wimberly, CCIM as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Ken. It's been a pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Ken and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.